Heavenly Father, we thank you for meeting us here today. We thank you, Lord, that where two or three are gathered, you're here in our midst. I thank you for the fresh spirit of wisdom and revelation to come into this place right now and to rest upon everyone watching and listening online. We thank you, Lord, for that fresh spirit of wisdom and revelation that can change our lives for good. In Jesus' name, if you agree with that, say amen. And we just cast down any outside hindrances or distractions, any cares of this world that the devil's been trying to put on you. We just get rid of those right now. Can come into the house of God and worship. Amen. Second Timothy 3.1 says this. Uh, this title of the message is From Weakness to Strength. From Weakness to Strength. But 2 Timothy 3.1, we got to preface it with that. It says, In the last days perilous times shall come. That word perilous literally means strength-reducing times. Can anyone relate to that? Yes. Strength-reducing times. Well, God's strength, praise God, never fal falters, wavers, or fails. Amen? Amen. That's right. So what is this verse actually advising for us? Yeah, I mean, he's warning us that strength-reducing times are, are going to come. Amen? Amen? He's telling us that in the last days you'll have to rely more on God than in yourself. Amen. You'll have to rely more on God than in yourself. Jeremiah 17.5, if you'd like to turn there with me. It's one of my favorite verses. Jeremiah 17.5. Hallelujah. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. Good. You're always going to struggle that way. Whose heart departs from the Lord. So now he's either trusting in man or he's trusting in himself. Whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be, that person, shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes his way, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. Verse 7 says this, Blessed is the man whose trust is in the Lord, and whose hope is the Lord. That word blessed literally means empowered to prosper in every area of your life. Relationally, physically, in your health, your body, your finances, every area of life. And whose hope is the Lord? For he, this man, shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes. But its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. He's patient. He's established. Say it with me. I'm anxious, I'm anxious. for nothing. <laughs> Say it again. I'm anxious, I'm anxious. for nothing. You know, the Bible instructs us to let patience have her perfect work, that you may be complete, perfect, and entire, lacking and wanting nothing. That all comes about by allow allowing patience to have its work. Amen. To stay planted and let patience work. Amen. Uh, before we get into it, though, willpower. I just have a side note on willpower. Um, everybody knows what willpower is, right? The world knows what willpower is. Um, but it's part of your soul man, your intellectual man. 
So we're three parts, just like God is. He's a trinity, three, three parts. We're uh, body, spirit, and soul. Or spirit, soul, body, in that order. So our body can't live without us, but we always live without our body. When we leave this earth, we're going to be alive someplace. Amen. It's either heaven or hell based on your decision and your will. Um, but the will, that, that will power comes through God's will for you. The way to, if you're running low through, you know, strength-reducing times, perilous times, if your willpower is running low, the way to increase your willpower is through His will, which is His Word. So again, if your willpower is low and you're just, you're having issues, you're, you're feeling weak, uh, you need to get in the Word to lift back up your willpower with His will. His Word is His will, amen? And power comes from His will into your will to strengthen your will. It can be the smallest decision, like working out every day or eating right every day. If you're strong in the will, you need to get in this word to boost up your willpower. Right. Amen. 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 So you get empowered through his will. And that's part of your soul, man. You need to empower your soul, your will, through his. Amen. Our two power tools, Jude 20 and the word of God. Jude 20 says, I quoted it before we started, beloved, um, Build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit or in the unknown tongue, keeping yourselves in the love of God, which is a dire need in the last days when offense is rampant and everywhere. So praying in tongues, praying in the gift of the Holy Spirit keeps you in the love of God and in your love command and also builds yourself up. Your battery's charged, your will is strengthened just by praying in tongues, amen? And through the word of God. So these are our two power tools that God has given us on the earth. Uh, the gift of tongues and the word of God. Yes. Prayer and the word. Yes. And if we neglect to use the power tools God's given to us, then we're just doing the job with our own hands and in our own strength. Yeah, that's right. So if you feel worn out and weak, you've been laboring and toiling in your own power, in your own might. And Zechariah 4, 6 says, not by power. Not by your might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Amen. So you got to pray in the Holy Ghost and get in his will, amen, amen. to increase your willpower again. Yes. So don't neglect the power tools. It makes the job a lot easier, amen? <laughs> One guy's sitting over there trying to dig a hole with his hands, and the other has a shovel and a backhoe. I mean, he's going to finish a lot sooner than the guy just with his own hands, amen? Say it with me, the Lord is my strength. Hallelujah. So go venture with me, if you will, to 1 Corinthians 1. Is everybody awake today? I love you guys. Amen. God is so good. Don't you love his word? There's nothing like getting around the word with family and friends. God just takes great pleasure in that. To gather, take your time and gather yourself around him, his word. That's well-pleasing in his sight. 1 Corinthians 1.25. We'll start here. I am anticipating that the Holy Spirit quickens this word and you will leave empowered and strengthened. If you're feeling weak, I have good news for you today. God is on the way. Okay, 1 Corinthians... Was it 1.25? Sorry, I'm going to every verse here at once. 1 Corinthians 1.25. See I need a new Bible. <laughs> Mine's too marked. I can't even see the, the words anymore. 
A worn-out Bible is a sign of a put-together life. Amen. Elijah yeah. Christian, I copyright that message. First Corinthians one twenty-five says, "Because the foolishness of God is wiser than man, and the weakness of God is stronger than men." Get that in. Get uh, absorb that. Let that sink in. The weakness of God is stronger than all men. You can't exhaust his his strength, his power. So just stop trying to do it yourself and lean on him. Amen. Yeah. Remember that song, lean on me when you're not strong. I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on. There it is. Thank you. I live with a singer. It's rubbed off on me. She doesn't sing nearly as much as I do in the house. We try not to bring our work home with us. She cooks more than me at home. <laughs> Anyways, hallelujah. The weakness of God is stronger than men. And verse 26, for you see your calling brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God, so he does things but kind of backwards from the world's way anyway. This is the right way, but amen. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. He does it this way so that no flesh, no man, can glory in his own strength in the presence of the Lord, Yahshua. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that as it is written, he who glories... Let him glory, not in his own strength, but in the Lord. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. The cross. Billy Graham's message. The message of the cross. I was with you in weakness. This is Paul the Apostle, arguably the greatest Christian who ever lived. He says, I was with you in weakness. No man's exempt. In fear. Paul was not exempt from fear. And in much trembling. Paul was moved to fear in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power, or literally the word of God. Amen. The word is his power. He upholds all things, the Bible says, by the word of his power. And go with me to 2 Corinthians, and we'll just rub out some false doctrine if it still exists anywhere here. 2 Corinthians 12. You're going to have to correct this because the modern day church has preached this. And it's false, and it's incorrect, and it'll keep you from getting your healing. 2 Corinthians 12.1, this is Paul again. It is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. 
Say that with me. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know, or whether outside the body, notice he's referring to this man as a spirit, his spirit man, or whether out of his body I do not know, God knows. Such a one was caught up to the third heaven. And I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows how he was caught up into paradise, the third heaven, the heavens where God is, into paradise and heard inexpressible words, which is not even lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one I will boast, yet of myself I will not boast, except in my infirmities. The literal translation of infirmities there is weaknesses. So cross out infirmities in the original Greek. It's the accurate translation is weaknesses. The Greek word is actually, I'm not a Greek scholar, and I'll try to pronounce it, but it's athenies. Athenies. Weaknesses is the literal Greek word, not infirmities. Yet of myself I will not boast except in my weaknesses. For though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool. For I will speak the truth, or the word. But I refrain, lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be, or hears from me. Verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations. This is what revelation does for you. It, it's, an, it's created to exalt you. The word was written for us to lift us up to a higher place of living. Amen. Revelations were created and designed by God to exalt you, to boost you up, to lift you up, not to suppress you. Amen. Again, John 10.10 says, Jesus says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you life, and life more abundantly. So we know the thief comes to take away, but the Lord's come to give away, to lift you higher. Amen. The more revelation you have in the Word of God, the higher you'll go in life. So lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations that the Lord was giving to me. Again, Paul the Apostle wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. That's a lot of revelation, amen? A thorn in the flesh was given to me. This is not physical infirmity. There's been teaching and doctrine on here that this was maybe a stomach issue, that this was a health issue. It was not. Amen. Paul clearly says this right here. Amen. Again, God can't be bipolar. Amen. Revelations don't cause thorns in your flesh. Uh, if God sent his son to take sickness away from the midst of you, he's not going to send revelation to you to put sickness back on you. Right. He'd be bipolar, amen? Yeah. And praise God, we serve a God that never changes. Amen. We can count on him today, yesterday, and forever. Amen? So he says, A thorn in the flesh was given to me. Get this, a messenger of Satan. See, this thorn did not come from God. It came from the devil who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We get from the book of Job, too. If you want to read through the book of Job, we take away really two major things there. That there was a wall of protection set around Job and his family. And Satan is trying to besiege God and tell him, I can't break through this barrier. This wall of blessing you've erected around Job, I can't penetrate. We learn that from the book of Job, that Satan can't tear down the wall around you. 
We also learn from the book of Job, only you can tear down that wall around you. Just like happened to Job, he lost everything because he tore down the wall through fear and confession of that fear. But Satan couldn't tear it down. And when he beseeched God to tear it down, God said, I won't tear it down. So God wouldn't. Satan couldn't. That only leaves Job. That only leaves me and you. Amen. Hallelujah. So again, God's the blesser. Satan's the destroyer. And we're right in the middle. Amen. We have the power to choose either one by our words. Life and death are in the hand of the tongue. So we can side with each one. But it's clear here. It was a messenger of Satan. Literally in the Greek, that word messenger means angelos or angel. It was an angel of Satan or a demon sent to buffet me. That word buffet literally means to hold me back. Lest the revelations keep exalting me. This messenger of Satan, this angel of Satan of Lucifer was sent to hold me back to stunt my progress, growth, development, and success. Lest I be exalted above measure. Again, this is what Revelation does. It exalts you above measure. This is God's intent to make you the head, not the tail, above only, not beneath. God is in the exalting business. Amen? Satan is in the destroying business. Concerning this thing, this messenger of Satan, this evil spirit, we can say accurately. Concerning this evil spirit, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. That's like us nowadays saying, Lord, help me with the devil, which the word never tells us to do. It never asks us, it tells us to pray to get the devil off your back. It always says, you deal with it. You deal with it. And then Jesus promises him, my grace is sufficient for you. Meaning, you deal with it. This is your area that you need to deal with. Amen? I've given you the grace, the authority, and the power to deal with it. Stop looking to me. So concerning concerning this thing, Paul said, I pleaded with the Lord three times. Oh, Lord, why is this happening to me? You know, that's kind of more of a baby Christian move, but as you grow and develop and your spirit gets stronger, you, start, you stop crying to the Lord and you start bringing His Word to Him. You stop complaining and you start putting Him in remembrance of what He already said so that He can hasten it to perform it. As you grow up, that just takes place, amen? As you grow in the Word and start having revelation and understanding, you grow up in Him, amen? As you continue to eat the meat and not the milk anymore. But then Paul didn't have the faith to get rid of it? He did. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep reading here. Jan said, but Paul didn't have the faith to get rid of it. But we'll see here. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace or favor or even strength is sufficient for you. For my strength, literally in the Greek, dynamis which we get our word dynamite from. Dynamite power is the literal translation. My power is made perfect in asthenia, weakness. Why did they translate it correctly there? Weakness. So in your strength, in your lack of human strength and in your flesh in dealing with this, my strength, my power comes through you to deal with it. 
So he did deal with it. He got a promise from the Lord himself, my power is sufficient with you, for you. You can handle this. You can rebuke this. You can get rid of this. Amen? He's speaking to Paul the Apostle saying, that's a fresh revelation and a word straight from Jesus face to face with Paul. My grace is sufficient for you. My dynamis power is made perfect in your absence of strength. My power will come through you. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast, and not in my infirmities, but in my weaknesses, that the dynamite power of Christ, literally Christ in the Greek, the anointed one and his anointing. So we'll read it this way accurately. Therefore, most gladly, Paul says, I will rather boast in my weaknesses, human weaknesses, that the dynamite power of the anointed one and his anointing may rest upon me. And if the anointing's resting on you, you ain't got to worry about no devils. Amen? <laughs> Therefore, I take pleasure in weaknesses, in personal, physical, or, or just personal weaknesses in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses. Paul learned to take pleasure in these things once he found out that the grace of God is sufficient for me in every situation, in every affliction, in every persecution, and in all my weaknesses that I'll ever go through, His grace is sufficient for me. That's all I'll ever need. I'm not going to keep leaning to my own arm and my own strength but I'm going to keep on leaning on His. Amen? And that power, that dynamite power, is always available. Therefore I take pleasure in weaknesses, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for the anointing's sake. Literally, the anointing's sake. Christ's sake. So he's saying here, he's, he's a key here, a secret of Paul's life that he gloried in weaknesses so that this anointing and strength of Christ may come upon him and rest upon him. That the anointing may literally be given unto him. It's within him according to Acts, but it also can come upon you. The anointing's in you, but it can also come upon you. He's saying, when I boast in my weaknesses, I see the anointing come on me. And the anointing will take care of anything you ever need. It's the anointing, the Bible says, that breaks every single yoke of bondage in your life. Lord, I can't do this in my strength. I'm not looking to do it in my own strength. I'm at my end. I'm relying on your strength. And when that happens, when that transition takes place, God always shows up in his power and glory. When he knows you're not trying to do it yourself anymore. And you're looking to trust Him. He's looking for trust that He can move on. And that's called faith. And yes, Paul had the faith to trust in the Lord. So that the Lord could move on his behalf. That the anointing would come on him, devil get off. Get. This is the only mention we see of that. I don't see any other mention of this spirit in the entire rest of his letters. Sounds to me like he dealt with it, didn't he? Hallelujah. So again, he's not talking about sickness and disease here. He's talking about weakness in distresses, in 
persecutions and reproaches and in needs. He glories in these things that the anointing may rest upon him. We should do the same thing, amen? For when I am weak, then I am strong. Ooh, from weakness to strength. His strength is made perfect in weakness. Say, I can do all things through Christ, the anointed one, who strengthens me. Or and literally empowers me with dynamite explosive power. Oh, glory to Jesus. For when I am weak, then I am strong. What does that look like? What does glorying in weaknesses actually look like? I think it looks like this. I can do nothing without you. Without you, I'm completely dust. I'm just flesh and blood. Without Christ, without the anointing, I can do nothing. In my own strength, I can do nothing. And the more we say that, the more God is able to bestow His power on your life and our life. And now we're exercising in His power and His strength. We don't have to do it ourselves, amen? We have the Holy Spirit here in us and can come upon us and empower us for service, amen? Oh, there's so much strength in Him that's completely been untapped. Because we're always trying to look to ourselves. The carnal mind looks to the flesh. It's trained to look to the flesh and not to the spirit. But we have to retrain it through the word of God to look to the spirit and not the flesh. Because not by power or might or by the strength of the flesh, but by my spirit that dwells within you and shall come upon you, saith the Lord. That's how we get the job done. When we believe big things, when God places dreams in your heart when you come to him. Even when you're born, it says, Jesus lighteth up every man that's born into the earth. I believe every man who's ever existed has had a dream planted from God in him. Believer or unbeliever. When they're kids, they're just dreamers. They're before the age of accountability. They don't have a choice. They were born into sin. The dream's still there. Amen? But his strength, looking to him, if he's the one that birthed the dream, if he's the one that planted the dream in us, He's the one to lean on to perform it and to bring it to pass. He brings his dreams to pass as we look to him and not to ourselves. We can't bring his dreams to pass because they're bigger than us. Only he can bring his dreams to pass. And that's why we have to completely trust and rely on him to do it. And the moment we step out of him and into our own strength, we can't do it. And things fail and things mess up. But when we rely on Him and the Holy Spirit, glory to God, I feel the anointing coming in right now. He brings His plans to pass. If you're believing for a huge house, a big building for ministry or your work or office, and He's placed that dream in you, only He can bring it to pass. Not your own hands and your own power and your own might. So He's telling us this morning, dream big. My grace is sufficient for you. My power and strength is made perfect through your weakness. Don't try to figure it out. Proverbs 3.5, don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge me. I know I have that dream from childhood. There's a dream in me since I was five years old, the Lord gave me, to preach the gospel. I know it was in there when I was five. He affirmed it again in a hotel when I was 12. He affirmed it again in a promise keepers meeting after that. 
He's confirmed it again when I was 21 to preach the gospel. The dream was planted in me. And if I look to my own flesh to how to do it, it'll never get done. But if I rely on His strength, it'll be accomplished. Amen? And the vision I had when I was five will come to pass. He'll bring it to pass because I'm not looking at me to perform it. I need Him to perform the dream. That's why He placed it in you. He placed that dream in every man born into the earth to need Him. If they get back to their dream, they'll realize, I can't do this alone. I need God. Amen. Man's plans always fail because they're relying on their own strength. But God's dream and God's plan will never fail. Because He intends to work with you to bring it to pass hand in hand. So resurrect the dream that you had. Amen? Don't let it die unborn. Get with God. Amen? And the more you're in the Word, the more your dream will be placed in front of your eyes. Your spiritual understanding. I need to perform this dream. I need to bring this. I need to get on it. I need to get with God and get the plan. Amen? Amen. The plans in a man's heart are many, but the Lord directs his steps. That means God endeavors to walk hand in hand and step in step with us to do his will, which has now become our will. That's the greatest purpose in life is to perform his dream that he placed in you, which is his will. The desires he's placed in you are of him. They're not of you. He leads you through your desires of your heart. If you have a desire right now, that's God. Amen? That's Him speaking. And you need to get with Him to make it come to pass. Your dream needs to be birthed in the earth to bless others. Again, you can't perform your dream on your own strength. And it was never intended for you. It was intended for others, which is why you need God. Amen? You can't bring it to pass on your own. Glory to God. I'm so glad I got off on that tangent. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I receive it. 2 Corinthians 13, 4 through 5 says, For though he was crucified through weakness... Hold on, let me get there. Is everybody there? Just a page over, really. 2 Corinthians 13, 4 and 5. For though he was crucified in weakness... Yet he lives by the dunamis power of God. For we also, I like this translation or wording better, for we also who are weak shall live with him by the power of God toward you. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you. He's bringing forth his plans through you. Amen. Just let him have his will. Amen. Again, the more you're in his will, he'll develop your will. Hallelujah. If you're weak, you shall be strong. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hebrews 11. Go there with me. This is the hall of fame of faith. He just asked us, Paul the Apostles, check yourselves out. Are you living in faith? He says, examine yourself. Test yourself. 
Right now, are you living by faith? Do you have a dream so big that you cannot accomplish on your own? If not, you're probably not in faith because you don't need God to do it. You're just doing it in your own strength. Everyone has a dream. It's my firm belief every man born into the earth is lighted, the Bible says, and has a dream placed in him at a very young age. And you'll need God to do it. Meaning you won't be fulfilled unless you look to God to perform it. If that dream doesn't come to pass, you'll never be fulfilled. Because God gave it to you for a purpose. And a lot of other people will miss out too. Others people's blessings may be waiting on your obedience. Amen. Hebrew 11, we'll start in verse 17. Hebrews 11:17. By faith Abraham, who Paul says is the father of us all who live by faith, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Sounds like God, doesn't it? Of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. Notice Abraham sowed his dream and believed God to resurrect it. Lord, I give my business back to you. I give my dream back to you. Glorify your name. If it's faltering, he'll resurrect it because it's his. Amen. It's not even yours to begin with. He just planted it in you. He chose you, called you, and preordained you to plant that seed into. Amen. He'll be able to raise him up even from the dead. Many of us have had dreams that have died. Satan's tried to snuff him out. Man's tried to snuff him out. Almost every great has been told by man they're not going to make it. Those are the people who persevered and, and end up being known as great. Almost everyone I've researched has had people in their life tell them, you'll never do this. It's not of them. <laughs> With God, say it with me. With God, with God. All, things all things are possible. I ask the Lord to rebirth and rebirth and rebirth, raise up dreams that were dormant right now in Jesus' name by the quickening of the Word and the Holy Spirit. And you write that dream down right now and don't give up. Amen? Write it down. Write the vision, it says. Amen? Whatever, it can be outlandish. God, it, it will be. You won't be able to do it by yourself. Write that dream down right now. That's of God. Amen. God will make it happen. Amen. From which he also received him in a figure of sentence. Verse 20. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning the things to come. Verse 21. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each one of the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith. Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. There's another thing. God's people always produce good-looking kids. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
If your kids are ugly, there's still time, man. Get with God. Glory to God. Give your life over to God, man. He'll correct your kids. <laughs> Moses was a beautiful child, and his parents hid him away. And they were not afraid of the king's command. I don't know. I've seen some ugly-looking kids out there. They need God fast. If I weren't saved, I'd get saved if I were you. <laughs> he was a beautiful child. And they were not afraid. Job's kids, all seven of them, says all his daughters were the most beautiful in the land, the Bible says. See that over and over again. Just imagine, just picture this. If you want to close your eyes, how beautiful Jesus must have been. Without sin, he bypassed man's DNA. Born straight from God through the Virgin Mary. How beautiful, straight from heaven, that man must have looked. Before the cross. Wow. That's a beautiful looking kid. Glory to God. By faith Moses, when me became of age, verse 24, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God together than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin and run off and do his own thing. I added that. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he looked to the reward. Not in the natural, in the spiritual. Through his real eyes, his spirit man. He looked to the reward. Jesus did the same thing. He endured the cross, the suffering of it, looking to the reward. You got to look at the reward. You got to look at, you got to keep looking at the vision in your dream. Because things will come out of you. A messenger of Satan will be sent to you to buffet you from doing it. So keep looking at the dream. Keep looking at the word. Amen? For he looked to the reward. That's the only way you'll allow patience to have its perfect work. Is if you keep your minds fixed on that. The reward. You won't serve God if there's no rewards attached. I've proven this in my own life. I have to remind myself of the reward to even reach out and pray for the sick. I have to remind myself there's great blessings in even waking up at 6 a.m. to just get in the board. Because he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, the Bible says. So I need to constantly be looking at the reward and the prize for me to do the works. Without reward, there's no work, right? I mean, we don't work for no paycheck. There's a reward, isn't there? God operates the same way. For by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king when he endured as seeing him who is invisible. How did he endure in seeing him who is an invisible? Through his word. The word will show you who he is. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith the harlot Rahab, she lived by faith, the harlot. God's not a respecter of persons, amen? Amen. Did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. 
And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms. That's the only way to bring your dream to pass, is through faith. Worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, and get this, out of weakness were made strong. Every test, every trial is working for your benefit. Out of weakness, you're made strong. If you weren't strong before, the test, the trial, the persecution, the messenger sent to buffet you will make you strong. Amen? Amen. Experience strengthens us. So go through it. Amen? Amen? Bring it on. Amen? If Satan wants war, bring it on. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah! That's what makes us strong is the battle. You can't just get to the promised line without going through the battle in the wilderness. Go through it. Amen? Oh, it's the strengthening period you need. Jesus was in the wilderness 40 days being strengthened before he entered into his ministry, entered into his father's business. Before he performed one miracle, taught one service, healed one sick person, he had to go through the wilderness, amen, and be tempted of the devil, fought the good fight of faith. And notice on all three accounts, the devil tempted him. He did not look to his own strength to fight off the devil. He said, it is written all three times. Not, I think I have a prophetic word. <laughs> that ain't going to get the job done when the heat's on. Amen? The word's going to get the job done. Amen. The written word of God, which is established forever. Yes. Amen? When the battle's on, the word gets the job done, and the word chases off the devil. Amen. The written word. Jesus said, it is written three times. And it says the devil left him for an opportune time. Never found that time. Amen? The devil never found that time to tempt Jesus again. That's how strengthened he was through the wilderness. So don't discount the journey. It's all about the journey, some people have said. Be able to rest in the wilderness. You can enter into his rest in the wilderness while this training is going on. Every good fighter trains a lot. Testing and trials are great times of endurance and training and character building. Amen? That will see you on to the finish line. You can't make it to the finish without those times of endurance, testing, trying, and perfecting. Because that's what all these times are doing. They're perfecting us for what's ahead. Amen. Enjoy them. Take them on. Amen. Good fighters endeavor to enjoy their training. They end up getting that work habit and they start to enjoy it. Going to the gym and working out and eating right. It starts to be enjoyable after a while. Amen. Say, I'm in training. I'm in training. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Where did I leave off? Do you remember what verse? Okay. Out of weakness, verse 34, we're made strong. Out of that place of their human weakness, they were made strong through his strength. Became valiant in battle. Turned to flight the armies of the aliens, which they were always outnumbered. 
Women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. Nope. Crucify me. That they may obtain a better resurrection. How'd you like to be that strong? Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in half. Sawn in two. Cut in half. Were tempted. Were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. Can anyone relate with any of this? I haven't been there yet. I haven't been on their level, the patriarchs of faith yet. Of whom the world was not worthy. The Hall of Fame of Faith. Amen. The truth is, the world ain't worthy of you. The world's not worthy of Christ. But God so loved it, he sent him to die for it. Amen. Which is why we're here. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. And all of these, say all, All. having obtained a good testimony through what? Through faith. Faith kept them going. Did not receive the promise. God having provided something better for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us, the body of Christ. That something better was Jesus. These all patriarchs were kept in the bosom of Abraham until Jesus preached to hell and to them and raised them up together with himself. That they should not be made perfect. Again, Jesus is the perfecter of us. Amen? He's the completer apart from us. Now we're all in the kingdom together. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, get get that, they're witnessing your life right now. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily, I believe Paul wrote this letter to the Hebrews, Paul saying sin so easily ensnares us together. Paul had the issue too, amen? No one's exempt. And the sin which so easily ensnares us or traps us, Sin will always try to trap you. And let us run with endurance. Say endurance. Endurance. Or patience. The race that is set before us. Looking, again with those spiritual eyes, because Jesus is not here in the flesh. Looking unto Jesus. Praying in the Spirit allows you to see through your spiritual eyes. Not through your natural eyes. Looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the author and the finisher of the book. You can't write your own story. You need him to finish your life out, amen? He's the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, the reward, they was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him. Now he's saying not only look at him with your spiritual eyes, but now kick your mind into gear and consider and meditate and think upon him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself. 
lest you become weary or discouraged or dismayed and discouraged in your souls, your mind, your will, and your emotions, your soul, your willpower diminishes. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed. He sweat great drops of blood in that garden of Gethsemane. Striving against sin. When the sin of the world came upon him. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons and daughters. My son, my daughter, do not despise the chastening or the correcting of the Lord. Nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. Don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed when the Lord's working on you and correcting you and purging you and pruning you. Don't fall into the trap of condemnation. Do not be discouraged. It's for your benefit. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and corrects. And he scourges every son whom he receives. And if you endure this process of correction or chastening, God deals with you as with his own children. For what son is there whom a father does not correct? But if you are without correcting, he corrects through his word, amen? If you are without correcting, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and bastards. <laughs> it sounds to me like those who leave the word of correction are no longer children. They're just living like the world. I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't endeavor to hang out with them. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to hang around sons and daughters in the kingdom, amen, that can build me back up and you know keep me in good company in the kingdom, amen. I don't want to hang out with the bastards, <laughs> amen. I want to hang out with the sons who have received their inheritance, amen. Glory to God. How about you? Amen, amen. Did you get something from that? The hallmark of faith? Ephesians 3.16, we'll wrap up here, says that he would grant you, this is Paul's prayer again, this is all Paul, that he would grant you, Paul's prayer for us, the church, that you, according to the riches of his glory, might be strengthened with his might by his spirit in your inner man. That's where his spirit lives, in your inner man. You are yoked up with God, the King of glory. So again, where is his glory? It's in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Strengthened through your inner man. The glory is in you right now, amen? Say, the glory of the Lord is in me right now. There ain't nothing I can't do through him. Woo, hallelujah! Amen? Glory to God! Hallelujah! Again, if you rely on your own strength, you'll never be empowered. But if you rely on His, you will always be empowered. Amen. Ephesians 6.10 in the Living Bible says this, Last of all, I want to remind you that your strength must come from God's mighty power, where? Within you. His power, it comes from the inside out. The more I meditate in this, power. Sir, the more I pray in the Spirit, power. And it comes from the inside and comes outward. If my flesh is weak, I'm already feeling empowered right now. 
Amen. If I was tired coming into the service, that ain't that's gone, brother. I ain't tired no more. I've been empowered through the word and praying in tongues. Amen. It comes from the inside out. Hallelujah. The world's looking for strength everywhere. We should always be looking for strength where? In here. We're inside out Christians. Amen. That's what the Christian is all about. In and out. <laughs> inside out Christian. Glory to God. Isaiah 40, 31. Let's go here. Glory, glory. We'll end with this. I have plenty more verses, but we have to end with this. There, there is such thing as attention span. People online have attention spans. <laughs> Just like we do. Actually, they, I think it's been proven now, but the average attention span is 10 minutes for each 10 years of age. And then they check out and want to do another thing. You could follow a baby around. They'll focus on one thing for a split second and then look everywhere. That's their attention span. So if you're 10, you can hear this message for 10 minutes. If you're 50, which is the average length of our services. I've never planned a service length, by the way. And I look through all our services, the average length is 54 minutes. That's our average age, online and in here. Accumulative, we're at 50 minutes. Hallelujah. So if you're 50, you have an attention span, technically speaking, of 50 minutes. I think we can stretch that through faith, amen? I say we go two hours. <laughs> Isaiah 40, 31, we'll end with this. Glory to God. We have no idea who's watching. For the 10-year-olds out there, we'll end with this. <laughs> Isaiah 40, 31. Boy, this verse did me wonders. We'll start in verse 28 to get the whole meaning. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting, say everlasting God. I believe that's where the boxing company Everlast got its name from. The everlasting God. The Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth. Neither faints nor is weary. Sounds like a constant source of supply we should depend on, doesn't it? Yeah, he neither faints nor is weary. And Jesus said he never sleeps or slumbers. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power, dynamite power, to the weak. And to those who have no might, he, say he, increases strength. Even the youths, the youths, those two youths, <laughs> the youths shall faint and grow weary. Even if you're 19, you'll faint and grow weary in your own strength. And the young men shall utterly fall. But those, say those, who wait upon the Lord shall exchange their strength for His, the original Hebrew says. The other translation in the King James says, shall renew their strength. Amen. Literally, exchange their strength for his. Amen. Even better said, exchange their weakness for his dynamite power. They, these ones who wait upon the Lord, shall mount up with wings like eagles. Have you ever seen an eagle fly? 
It's effortless. The wind carries him. All he has to do is stick out his wing. He goes to higher heights by the currents, not by his own power or his own might. The wind does it for him. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They're one of the highest flying bird. They go into altitudes other birds can't go into. Again, it's the word that exalts us and lifts us higher than we could ever lift ourselves. Stop looking at you. Stop looking at us and start looking to him. Amen. That's the solution for every problem. Have faith in God. Hallelujah. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Here's a promise again. If you wait on him and his word, he'll always come through on your behalf. If you neglect him and his word, you'll faint. You'll grow weary. You'll end. Amen. You'll diminish. You can even die prematurely doing it on your own. But those who wait on him are promised to be empowered and in be endued with power, dunamis power, from on high. Amen. Let's pray, shall we? And we'll take up our offering right after we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the glory that rests in us right now that can come upon us but is also in us to every child of God. If you haven't received Christ, say this with us right now. Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus. Say this with me, if you will. I believe Jesus died for me and rose again. I ask that he comes into my heart and into my life. In Jesus' name. And now say this, Holy Spirit, I receive you as well as part of the Godhead on this earth. Come in and fill me fresh so that I may mount up with wings as eagles and run and never grow weary and walk and never grow faint. In Jesus' name, amen. Give them a hand clap. Glory to God. Isn't God rich? Hallelujah. He's more than enough. We're going to take up our offering. If you'd like to support us online, there should be a donation link there. You can make out a check to Elisha Mark Ministries. Just give us your info. If you're watching online, just like us. Let us know you're watching so we can pray for you. Amen. Uh, I can't see like who likes and who views it. Well, I can see only who likes and who comments, but I can't see who views it. So let us know who you are so we can pray for you and over your family and agree with your finances and business and the blessing on your life. Amen. Glory to God. You can also go to our website at ElishaMarkMinistries.com and the Lord will bless you. So Lord, we just lift up our offerings to you. We thank you, Lord, that it's more blessed to give than to receive. I sow into this word today. We sow into it and expect dynamic strength and power to come upon our lives that those who were weak are made strong right now, today, through the word of God and through the mighty moving of the Holy Ghost. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for quickening each person here under the sound of my voice and online. We thank you, Lord, that as we give, it is given back unto us, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, shall men and women add back into our laps. For with the measure we use, Jesus promised us, it shall be measured back unto us. 
and in the name of Jesus. If you agree with that, say amen. amen. I'd like to just pray over the offering. Can you bring it up here, Pasiano? Is that it? Yeah. Amen. We're just going to pray over this offering and everyone online. Never sow a seed without believing for your harvest. Every seed represented here today, we pray over in Jesus' name. God takes money seriously. He takes your work seriously because he takes your time seriously. We pray over every seed, every dollar that comes into this ministry today. And we bless it. And we bless the people who gave it. We bless their families. We bless all the work of their hand which is given to them. We bless their businesses. New spring shall flow up and spring up, saith the Lord. New forms of income. New businesses and new gifts and dreams that were once died and have diminished shall raise up strong again and be performed and accomplished before you leave this earth, saith the Lord. Lord, we give you praises for the covering upon every family represented through every seed sown here today. And I'm talking to the generations. That the prodigal sons come home. That the prodigal daughters come home. That if there's sickness or disease in the body, it's healed now in Jesus' name for partnering with us and the truth of your word via the Holy Ghost. That finances are restored. That what the thief took, the years, the relationships, the gifts, the talents, the love, the wealth, the health, is restored sevenfold right now in Jesus' name as the word promises. I thank you, Lord, for that restoration coming into their lives right now in Jesus' name. Years of addiction being restored. Years of illness being restored. Your flesh shall be renewed like a child's. You shall return to the days of your youth. Glory to God. We give you all the praises for moving in our midst, Holy Spirit. Touch everyone listening today. If there's any depression, any condemnation of the enemy, any strife, any toiling, any bitterness or unforgiveness, heal it now, Lord. Touch them and move upon them. Touch them right now, Holy Spirit. We rebuke grief. We rebuke sorrow, which is Jesus already took on the cross. Sorrow not, saith the Lord. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. And that joy can come flooding in. Now that that hindrance is removed, saith the Lord. Say it with me. I receive everything Jesus died to give me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for being with us. Love you guys.